Welcome to the Today is a Good Day podcast, a podcast to bring you a new point of support as you navigate your NICU journey. Today is a Good Day is here to be a part of your conversations, whether your baby was born prematurely, has special needs, or if your family is grieving a loss. The voices you will hear on the Today is a Good Day podcast are personal stories from people who have been there. Please don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast listening app. During a NICU stay, and even with a full-term baby, families will hear about early intervention. But what does that mean? How important is it for families to set up an early intervention evaluation? Does it cost money? What services will early intervention provide? We will get the answers to all of these questions and more from our guest, Joanne Palermo, Executive Director and Owner of Early Childhood Assessment Services. Throughout her career, she has worked with different age groups in the field of special education. For the last 25 years, her focus has been on helping children and their families in early intervention and more specifically, early intervention evaluations. She has three grown children and two grandchildren. And I have to tell you, today's topic is near and dear to my heart. To this day, we credit our daughter Claire's ability to walk to our dedicated and wonderful early intervention physical therapist. Welcome, Joanne. Very happy to have you here with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell us about your background. How did you get into this field? Well, I actually fell into early intervention. I'm embarrassed to say it wasn't my first choice. Um, I was always um, interested in special education. Uh, before I had my children, I, ta- I taught as a full-time learning support teacher in a third grade classroom. I taught middle school. And uh, then I had my children and I was looking for something part-time so that I could be a stay-at-home mom and but still keep my hands in the field. A friend of mine was doing early intervention. I had never heard of it. I had no idea that this was a path that I could take. And um, she told me about the field, and I started to work for one of the larger um, agencies in Montgomery County, the ARC Alliance. Right from the start, fell in love. Uh, I was going to people's homes, uh, helping uh, as a special um, instructor is what we're called in the, in the special edu- education teacher, special instructor um, is what I'm called in early intervention. Um, I was going into homes, helping families with uh, teaching them play skills, uh, teaching language, working on uh, positioning sometimes. Uh, I just loved it. And I think the thing that I enjoyed the most was seeing the rapid progression in the child's development um, and also the progression of the parents. Uh, you, When you're first there, parents are p- petrified, scared to death of, you know, they're, they're of the unknown, I think. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. You Joanne. have no, no, idea, no idea, right? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just so scared of the unknown. And then I felt like as the time went on, I could see, you know, as I was providing these strategies that they could do within their daily routine, they were getting more and more confident and feeling confident about their child's development and the in the, in the future. Uh, I I couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. I still remember to this day when Chris, our physical therapist who worked with Claire, she would say, well, just get a a tote, make it heavy on the bottom, put some toys on the top, put a blanket there with toys on the top of it. 
have Claire grasp the edge of the tote and Mm -hmm. just help ease her up. I went, well, that makes a lot of sense. Look how easy that is. And I do still remember Chris saying to us, now, you know, Martha and Paul, physical therapy should be fun with Claire because we used to say, come on, Claire, we got three more times. We got to do this. (laughs) (laughs) So I still remember that to Mm -hmm. that day. Now, I have to say, early intervention, it can be an overwhelming term for families to hear. They don't know what that means. What do they need to do? Can you talk to us about what that term really means? Sure. Um, I could understand why you would feel overwhelmed by that. I think we hear so much um, about early intervention in the media related to specific uh, diagnoses. And yes, we are wonderful for children who are on the autism spectrum, who have Down syndrome. We, we do a wonderful job with that, getting in there early, working for that, with that population. Um, but we also work with children who have speech and language delays, some motor delays for whatever reason. Um, it's not just a term to be used with children with a specific diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it's exactly what it, the word itself, getting in there early to intervene and hopefully bring a child up to where they should be um, with their peers and if a child has a specific diagnosis, then at least we can help to reduce the need for extensive services in the future. When you talk about early intervention, the therapies, you touched on play therapy a little bit in the it, when mm-hmm. we first started speaking. But can you talk to us about a, a quick definition for physical therapy, what's included with that, occupational therapy, which I think people hear a lot and don't necessarily understand what's all, mm-hmm. what that all includes as well. Can you give us an overview of those? Absolutely. I mean, if you watched each one of us, a physical therapist, a special instructor, or an occupational therapist, or a speech therapist working with a child or playing with a child, we would look very similar. It would be very difficult to see the differences between us. Um, however, as the special instructor, my focus is on the child's cognitive development, um, their play skills, their problem-solving skills, imitation. Um, I, we all are working on language because you can't play with mm-hmm. a baby without talking to them. Um, the physical therapist is working more on gross motor skills, skills from the waist down. So um, working on crawling, um, pulling to stand, sitting independently, wa- uh, walking, walking up and down stairs, playing on playground equipment. Uh, Occupational therapists work with children in their hands. So there's actually in early intervention, we do two different things. Um, An occupational therapist does two different things. Um, They work on their play skills or their use of their hands because play is a child's occupation. Um, But they also, um, for children who may have some sensory differences, there are occupational therapists that work with on them Mm -hmm. as well. And speech obviously working on speech and language. But again, we're all playing with toys on the floor within the typical routines of a family's life. Yes, and and that is what is so key about it. Mm-hmm. Are those simple strategies to help get the exercise in with the play and teaching us as parents how to do that with right. the baby, which and is not something we would naturally think about in a lot of cases. No, but even as a teacher, I didn't understand that either in the beginning. So I would be playing with a child that maybe wasn't able to sit up and I would not know what I should be doing. I would go back to the center. I would talk to the physical therapist. I would say, 
how can I do this? How, you know, she's wobbly. What do I do? Where do I, how do I position her? And they would give me, give me strategy. So there is a lot of camaraderie and overlap in our skills because we all talk amongst each other and help each other out. That's great. And through Today is a Good Day, we work with families who experience the NICU. When we graduated from the NICU, we called right away to have an evaluation completed for Claire. And Joanne, I have to say, we just connected and realized that you were actually yes. at Claire's evaluation yes. so many years ago. I know. I've been which, working for a long time. Which is hard to believe. <laughs> hard to believe. But why do you think it's so important for families who are navigating the NICU, where it, they're just worried about getting home, graduating from the NICU, making sure they can operate any of the apnea monitors or oxygen, whatever's coming home with their baby, why is it so critical for them to talk with the social worker or the medical teams about early intervention and getting set up for that evaluation? Yeah. Um, so NICU babies play uh, have a, a little separate role here in um, getting in as early as possible. Um, and when I say that, I don't mean within the first week you were exceptional and you were getting there really, really early. But I know we all understand that there's so much to be done those first few days of being home, first few weeks of being home. Um, you're just learning, like you said, to navigate the medical equipment right. sometimes. Um, but even if we could get you to, you know, the, the families to call within the first three months. Um, we could do so much to help those children. Um, so just being in the NICU automatically qualifies you for services. It automatically qualifies your child for services. Um, so at the very least, we come in, we do an evaluation. If your child qualifies for services, we provide, we, or we put in direct services for that child. We are As we're um, doing the evaluation, we provide the family with strategies on helping babies tolerate tummy time. We provide you with strategies, just plate strategies for a newborn or a young baby, um, how to hold a rattle or, you know, ways of positioning them so that they can do it more easily. Um, sometimes parents have feeding issues and right off the bat, we can give you some strategies on that. So at least just having us come in mm -hmm. is, is a great option. Um, and then, as I said, as a, per, as a baby being in a NICU, you automatically qualify for um, our tracking program. And what that entails is a service coordinator will send out a ages and stages questionnaire um, every three months. So you fill out, the, as a parent, you fill out the, the questionnaire. If you start to see that your child's falling behind, you, um, you, send the, you send the questionnaire back and we set up an evaluation. It's voluntary. So if your child does not qualify for services and you don't want this tracking program, that's fine too. You can call us back later if you start to see delays. Okay. All right. And when families call to get the evaluation, what is required from them? So you do not need, I think the misconception is you need a referral from your pediatrician. Um, now, granted, we get tons of referrals from pediatricians, but as a parent, you can just make that call on your own. Um, you do not need a referral or a recommendation from the pediatrician. I actually think we called on our right. own and said, let's get this set up and, and get some help. And it is funny, as you were talking about some of the different exercises, mm -hmm. 
a few of them were flashing in my mind of trying to teach Claire how to drink out of a straw <laughs> and the strategies that Chris gave us of trying to hold her chin up. And mm-hmm. I, to this day, I think I still have a video of milk just falling out <laughs> of her mouth while she was trying to drink out of a straw. And it was a big accomplishment when she finally sure. learned how to do that. Absolutely. These simple little things are so big in our I world. Know. <laughs> and you never forget them, even years mm-hmm. later, for sure. Is the, This is a big question. Is there a cost with early intervention? I love that question because I can say no, there is no cost. Um, In the state of Pennsylvania, it's an entitlement program. So it's free of charge. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic level. It's all free. Um, So we love that about this. It's your tax dollars at work. Does early intervention change state to state if we have – we work with hospital partners mainly in the tri-state area Mm -hmm. but also in other parts of the country – Where do they go to find information in their specific state? So I would say the best way to do do it is to um, Google early intervention and then the county that you live in, no matter what state you're in. And each county has their own early intervention number. So, yes, it does change state to state. Um, Like as I said, in in Pennsylvania, it's uh, free of charge. In some of the states— Payment is done done on a sliding scale. So depending on your socioeconomic level, you might have a, some charge on that. Going to your county's website, like early intervention website, would probably get you the most specific number that you need. Okay. And then also talking to the team at the hospital to find out what's available in your county, right? Absolutely. If you can do that. A lot of hospitals are pretty good. Their social workers are pretty good with giving you that information. Um, but... Some do not, so yes. that would be great. And many families were used to having therapists come into their home on a weekly basis, whatever their schedule was. Mm-hmm. Well, COVID-19 has certainly made an impact on that. Tell us about teletherapy. How has that changed delivering services for families? Oh, COVID. <laughs> Last year at this time, uh, I don't know. Um, you know, as a county, our first worry, I remember back in the early days of March, um, we were so worried about how were we going to keep our families safe? How were we going to keep children safe? How were we going to keep our therapists safe? We were still, we would never had any idea that we could do this via the internet, never in a million years. And then once we got the go-ahead to do it, um, we all powered together. I think what we wanted to do, I should say, is as a as a team and as therapists in the whole county, we wanted to make sure that the therapy we were pri- providing uh, via the internet um, was not less than what we would do in the home. That was our main concern. We didn't want to, um, you know, hurt their families and our children in any way. So. Um, I can speak from the evaluation team end of it first. We have been pleasantly surprised at the outcome of this. Uh, we never expected it to work as well as it does. I never in a million years thought I could do my job in my home behind my computer screen. I never thought that. Um, we always joke with the families that the hardest part of the whole thing is finding the position in their home to place their phone or their computer so that they don't have to touch it the rest of the time and they can focus it on to um, their child and themselves. Um, But after that, we are doing, we feel we are doing an equally good of a job um, virtually. So 
as you know, early intervention is a parent training model. So our main goal is to not necessarily provide that one little hour of therapy for a child, but to train the parent to do therapy throughout their day. Right from the start, right from the beginning of the evaluation, we are forced <laughs> to have a parent position their child, put them in different positions so mm -hmm. that we can see how the baby is on their tummy, how they are on their back, what do they do on their side. Um, we are forced to have the parent play with the child who's maybe two and um, we're trying to elicit language. We speak to the parent and they play with their child. So right from the beginning, we're, we're empowering parents to um, be their child's therapist. Mm -hmm. um, so we have been pleasantly surprised. At the end of each eval, we send out a parent questionnaire now because we've been so worried about providing these services. And almost unanimously, we have been getting in, um, um, questionnaires back saying, I didn't think this was going to work. Um, I had an eval before in the home. I can't believe how well this went. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been thrilled with that. And then I've been speaking to the providers who are actually providing therapy in the home, and they are pleasantly surprised. Most of the seasoned ones thought this would never work, and I'm a seasoned therapist too and did not believe any of this would work. But they have all been pleasantly surprised because, again, it's truly a parent training model now. Mm -hmm. We aren't in there playing with the child and showing the parent how to do it. The parent is doing it, and we are in their ear telling them what to do. Giving advice on how to do that. Talk about early intervention. And then there's this whole concept of traditional outpatient therapy. Mm -hmm. What is the difference between those two? Well, they, they both hold an equal importance in development and in, in, in the therapy world. Um, you know, the biggest misconception, I think, is that the therapists who work in the hospital or who work in outpatient programs are trained differently than the than the therapists who work in early intervention. And that is not true. In order to get your speech and language degree, occupational therapy degree, physical therapy degree, teaching degree, you all have to go through the same program. Uh, the therapists who work in a hospital or who work in a therapy office just followed a different path than those that work in the home. So that is just that was that's um, I think one of the big misconceptions. And do some families have that traditional outpatient therapy versus the early intervention, or it's their choice? It's their choice. Okay, absolutely. Some parents do not call us, and they go the outpatient route. Um, but a, outpatient is more. The, I think the way we can we usually describe it is outpatient is more of a medical model, and early intervention is an educational model, parent training model. Um, with the outpatient program, you bring your child to the hospital or to an outpatient facility. The therapist works with your child for an hour or whatever. You either observe that or you might be involved. I'm not quite sure if parents are real involved in that actual therapy. Um, but then you're given um, program notes to come home and do some of the therapy at home with your child. Early intervention, we come into your home and we work with you. We teach you strategies with, with your toys, with your home environment, um, within your daily routines of how to um, 
you know, we how to um, work with your child just within that home environment. We have noticed that, um, you know, I, I have done this in the center as well as in the home, and I've noticed um, children are just so much more uh, willing to work with you <laughs> in, in their, their own environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're much more comfortable. And when we say their home environment, we can also go into we go into children's daycare centers, so their um, typical environment. We call yes. It. And, and it is, I mean, I go back to what I said earlier, but some of the simple exercises using items at home mm-hmm. that we would say, oh, well, no, that makes sense. Why didn't we think about doing that? And it just, was just that extra guidance. Just a little thing like rolling up a, a diaper cloth underneath a baby right. to give them a little support right. to, to tolerate tummy time. Yes. Simple. But you wouldn't think of that as a mom. You're thinking there's going to be some <laughs> right. groundbreaking information. <laughs> and it's really not. One of my most vivid memories, I we used a yoga mat. Of course, Claire, mm-hmm. we were so scared about germs. I don't think that child touched the floor until she was mm-hmm. probably five years old. But we used a yoga mat to do a lot of her physical mm-hmm. therapy exercises. And I still remember part of the reason we used it, it was easier for her to move herself around. And we would have a mm-hmm. musical toy that we would pull and she would start to shimmy her body around and it made her stronger, her core stronger. Uh, but that was one that really stuck out to me. Yeah. Now, when we talk about early intervention, there is an age limit on it. So when are children available, babies available for early intervention? Early intervention is birth to age three. After age three, um, it's also called early intervention to make matters even more confusing, but it's the um, educational system at that point. Um, And it's the three to five program. And you would go to the intermediate unit to have an evaluation done there? Yeah. So what they try to do is if your child's still in our program at age three, a a little bit before their third birthday, um, your service coordinator will have a transition meeting with you and the people at the intermediate unit. They try to make it as easy of a transition as possible. Um, You'll then set up an appointment for an evaluation for their system, and then you go to them for for services if the child qualifies. Okay. And during early intervention, the the birth to three, can you talk about babies graduating out of the program? So maybe they accomplish their goal that they had set, and then time goes on and parents start to see something else and they say, oh, that makes me a little nervous, and the baby is still below three years old. Can they call back? Absolutely. Um, you can call back as many times as you'd like. We tell parents this all the time. We tend to see that with babies who come in early, you know, preemies most of the time, who come in um, and are delayed in their motor skills. They meet their goals or outcomes by the time they're ready to walk. And they're, I like how you use the word, graduated from the program. Yes. They leave. <laughs> and um, then at two, two and a half, parents start to see some maybe some delays in language development. They can call us back and we can come back back out and do an evaluation. Okay. And I do think it's important to note that when a child moves on, and we had this personal experience, Claire graduated from early intervention. She did not qualify for services through the county after early intervention, but we did still see some gross motor delays and some challenges that she was having. And so we chose as a family to take her to an outpatient therapy that she still, go, we call her a frequent flyer at mm-hmm. TheraPlay, but she <laughs> she goes back and forth frequently where she'll accomplish her goals. And then we see some regression. So we'll take her back to work on some more core strength. 
and physical therapy, but there are those opportunities out there for families as well to explore. Absolutely. And that's what I said in the beginning when you asked about the differences between the two. They're both equally important in a child's life. So Mm -hmm. in order to qualify for early intervention, a child needs to show a 25% delay at least a 25% delay in their skills. So that makes it a little bit different in that you can go to outpatient on your own, even if your child's showing a 1% delay, you know, but you need, there is that qualification in order to get to our services. And that's where I think it's so important to just let families know that, that your child might not qualify through the county for additional services, but there are definitely other opportunities out there that secondary insurance may cover, uh, mm-hmm. lots of opportunities to look into for, for the child to get additional services. Okay, this is a big one for me, <laughs> and I know for a lot of other families as well. When you have a baby who is born prematurely and comes home from the hospital and families say, oh, well, how old is she, right? <laughs> and we tackled this a lot with Claire mm-hmm. She walked when she was 15 months old, but she's she was four months adjusted. So the the age adjustment based upon mm-hmm. how premature the baby is. But that adjusted age, can you talk to us about how that impacts developmental goals that babies have? Absolutely. So yes, you have to tell them that their actual chronological age um, when someone asks you how old your child is. Um, but in the world of development, We want to give them that opportunity, those months that they lost being born too early. So we always adjust for their age up until the age of two. And we have seen that by two, most children catch up. So in the world of development, we're always talking about adjusted age. It's confusing because even within that, we still look at a range of development within that. So um, I find it to be the most difficult for families when they're doing the things that other families are doing for their six to eight month old. And when their child's two months premature, well, that baby's adjusted to four months. Mm -hmm. So they're now in a play group with six to eight month olds who are sitting independently, reaching and grasping for toys, handing toys to their other friends. And you have a six month old who's acting like a four month old who isn't sitting independently, who isn't reaching and grasping for toys. So I could see how that could just be so heartbreaking. Um, We recommend going to the four-month-old group. Who cares? Great recommendation. (laughs) It is hard. And that's something we talk to families about all the time, Mm -hmm. the comparison trap that you can get into. Your Uh, best friend has a baby at the mm -hmm. same time as you do, and that child is accomplishing milestones way before your child is. Mm -hmm. And it's just based upon their start in life. Absolutely. Um, but that is great advice to go to the earlier group. Right. And and the same with the internet. Wonderful, but also the devil sometimes. It, it for can a be. Parent. It can be. And so there's so many places to look for um, developmental milestones. There's so many. And as a parent, you're looking at those six month old milestones and your baby's adjusted to four months. Never do that to yourself. Go to those four month milestones. See if your child's meeting them. And we talk a lot about celebrating each and every milestone. These babies that come out of the NICU, they are such miracles. And what right. they're able to accomplish and do, I remember we just celebrated every single milestone. Sure. And that- when they were in the NICU, 
you were concerned that they were healthy enough to someday get home. Right. 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 Now, yes. now, why are we so concerned that they're meeting all of their developmental milestones so quickly? Yes. What's yeah. the race? And early intervention is a great way for parents to continue advocating for their baby outside of the NICU to continue to help them feel and be as successful as possible as they continue to grow and, and hit mm-hmm. those developmental milestones. As we talked about earlier, Joanne, mm-hmm. you've been in this business a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your biggest piece of advice for families in the NICU? Well, I'm glad you mentioned the advocacy one. Um, and I think that's for all parents. Um, you learn as a NICU mom to early on that you have to be that advocate for your baby. You're the one who knows that baby more than anyone else. Of course, you're relying on the medical team to help you with those concerns. But once that baby comes home, you guys know way more about your child than we do in the in this profession. And I always joke with families when I go to the go to the evaluation, like I bet you didn't know you were going to become a NICU nurse yeah. so quickly. <laughs> you literally know. You everything. learn a lot of language, right? In different terms for sure. <laughs> exactly. So I think all parents need to be advocates. But even more so if you're coming out from the NICU, um, because you do know more about your child than um, than everyone else. So right. that's it. Well, thank you so much, Joanne. Thanks for being with us. And thank you. Thanks for all your advice and guidance as we help families navigating the NICU and to get into early intervention. It's so important. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. 